baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. Special Edition is a production of Intercom Communications. Welcome to Special Edition. I'm Paula Dagnan. This week on Special Edition, we're going to meet John Cosgrove. He's the Executive Director, All One Foundation and Charities. You may not have heard of them, but their work is throughout our area. We're turning the calendar page this weekend, and March is Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month. We'll talk about Casual Day. From the Northeast Regional Cancer Institute, joining us, Amanda Marcajani and Lauren Allen. Today, we're going to start off with a trip down to ringside. That's right, we're going to delve into the boxing world. Boxing is coming to Scranton in April, and Robert R.J. Sockwell, is a trainer and co-promoter of the upcoming event and Anthony Espiritu is a local boxer who's going to be having his first time in the ring. You know, there's a lot more to boxing than just having good hands and knowing where to put them. A lot of it has to do with your attitude and your thought process before you even put on the gloves. I'm very happy to have you both here today, both RJ and Anthony, about something that I absolutely know nothing about. It's boxing. RJ, enlighten me a little bit. What exactly is this boxing event that's coming to Scranton? Well, the boxing event is um, Saturday, April 11th at the Hilton downtown Scranton. It's going to be a pro-am card. So that means the professionals boxing on on the card as well as amateurs. Here with us today is Anthony and he's having his amateur debut that night. What makes the difference, and I'll ask Anthony this too, but what makes the difference between a pro and an amateur? The easiest way to decide the two, the pros get paid, the amateurs don't. But from the looks of it, you'll see the amateur guys with a headgear on. So it's a headset to protect them from getting any, people would say severe injuries, but you know it rarely happens. So the pros, they don't have any headgear on. So they're just battling toe-to-toe with just boxing gloves. Since I have never been to a boxing match, mm-hmm. What happens? How does it work? Well, two guys get in and compete. They train for a select amount of time. So this is just guys? Actually, there might be one woman on the card fighting that night. Oh. Her name is Shadeja Green. She's fought on uh, previous shows. She's a former Olympian. So the card, when, when in, in boxing terms, is the, is the whole event throughout the whole night. So there are seven amateur bouts, and we're thinking there's six or seven uh, pro bouts. So... Two competitors are in one slot of the card. The one thing I do know about boxing is that it has been a very big staple Mm -hmm. throughout Northeast Pennsylvania, especially in the Scranton area. Is that why this is going to be here? I think boxing is is making us come back in the area. And like you said, it's been a staple in the area for quite some time. Going back, guys like Chris Mills, they fought and uh, they've given a good name to the sport. Myself, I fought, you know, for a professional for a long time and even going back a little further in the amateurs. 
I think this is going to be an amazing event because a lot of local guys are now taking taking boxing as their road. You know, a lot of other people play basketball, football in the area, but boxing is now the new thing for a lot of the young guys. All right, Anthony, come on in here. How you doing? Good. How are you? Not too bad. My big question is, what are you doing this? You get beat up. Yeah, um, you get hit. You also give some hits. Uh, you got to train hard for it. And uh, that's every every day I do that. I train hard and hard. So when I go in there, I don't let myself down. So what did you do? Grow up as the youngest in the family and decided that when you got to be a big guy that you were going to say, ha ha? Yeah, I could say that. Been down through some paths in my life where, you know, I kind of changed my life around and picked up the gloves and decided I wanted the box. So you are an amateur. Yes, ma'am. So that means you're not getting paid. No. So now you're getting not even paid to get beat up. No, yeah, they're beating me up for free out there. <laughs> do you, so do you know who you're going to be matched with? As of right now, I do not know. Um, I'm still in the in the process to see where my weight is going to be at for the fight. So I'm still trying to drop some, you know, shed some extra pounds. When I started back in uh, November with um, with RJ, I was 226. And now, today, I weighed in this morning at 172. So, yeah, it's a big difference. I dropped a lot of weight, a lot of weight in a short amount of time, but... We're going to talk about that after we okay. get off the air, I okay. think, because I need to know <laughs> yeah. the secret of that. Yeah. Whoa. When you're walking into the ring, you scared? You know what? I, I can't tell you that just yet because I don't know that feeling. I This is my first... No. This is this will be my first amateur fight in a big card. So and, and it's gonna be in front of a lot of people. I mean now I could go in the ring now and you know a sparring session with anybody comfortably, but now knowing that there's gonna be a whole bunch of eyes on and not just me, but on all the fighters. But when I come out for my turn, there's gonna be eyes on me because I'm a local guy from this area and a lot of people know me. Give us that background. Where are you from? I'm from Scranton PA originally, born and raised. And you said your life took a lot of turns and everything, and now you're back. Is this what brought you back? Yeah, those those bumps that I went through in life, you know, I realized I don't want to go through no more of those bumps that I went through. I've bettered myself, and, you know, I'm just walking a straight path. Now I work, and I do everything, you know, possible to just to live a good life. Someone was listening, and they're going through the bumps, and maybe, you know, they can relate to what you're talking about would you say that getting involved in boxing has done more for you than just help you lose a lot of weight? Oh, yeah. Um, boxing has made, made me become more humble, more disciplined. It gave me a different outlook on life, too. Humble? I've humbled myself a lot. Before, I used to be, you know, like a tough guy or, you know, a, one of those kids growing up. And, you know, now it's just that I became humble with this sport. You know, I just... I'm not that tough guy walking around. I don't act tough or nothing like that. I'm humble because I know who I am now. RJ, I'm, I'm, I'm mesmerized <laughs> yeah. by Explain that because you said that you've been involved in boxing, and mm -hmm. I think a lot of people think of boxing as tough guy, yeah. rocky, yeah. huh. Mm -hmm. And now here's Anthony saying, it's made me humble? Yeah. Now I would think just the opposite. That he'd become more cocky right. because he could knock your block off. <laughs> Ex explain that. Well, I think it's because after you get to a certain level in boxing, and I think he's achieved that thus far, it's it's more self-control. It's like more mastery over your body, your mind. He's reached a point to where he's, he's totally confident about what he's able to do. I guess once you have that sense of control, you, nobody can say anything to, to knock you off your path. 
He's very focused. He's very determined. I guess through all of the hard work he's put in, it's humbled him in a sense because he now has a goal. And his goal is, is he's not gonna, it's tunnel vision. So he's not going to let anybody take him away from the goal. And I think that's amazing. I just can't help think that there are people that are saying it's so violent. Yeah. But you're telling me that you're prepared for that? Absolutely. So it's not only your body, but... It's your mind. And how do you do that as, as someone who you said you you boxed mm-hmm. and now you're an instructor? Right. So how do you get that across to these guys and um, gals? I think it's a transfer of experiences. So I give him everything that I've went through and I put him through it physically. So once he goes through it physically time and time again... Day in and day out, like you said, he went from 226 pounds to now, you know, that may be a little bit heavy for today, but he, he that 170 pounds, it's a lot of weight, and he had to really buckle down mentally to actually get down there. I mean, a lot, a lot of people don't know what it really takes, but once you're in there training and getting prepared for battle, it's like a soldier. All of the training will prepare you for battle, and I think, like I said, it's gonna, it gives him the supreme confidence of having control over himself to know exactly what he's capable of doing now. So this is actual boxing. Yes. Is it gloves? Uh-huh. What's the difference between boxing and... MMA. MMA, yeah. okay. Boxing and MMA. MMA is more so general fighting. Guys can wrestle. It, there's a different. There's a, um, a few styles involved in MMA. You can wrestle, you can grapple. Guys use submission tactics like chokeholds and, yeah. Boxing is just hand-to-hand combat. Two guys are punching, no kicking involved. It's more so artsy. In my opinion, because I'm a little biased because of the boxing. But, you know, it's just hand-to-hand combat with boxing. Yeah. Anthony, come back in here now. What made you get involved in this as opposed to anything else? As RJ told us, MMA or any of the other styles out there? Because yours is just hand-to-hand. Yes. Uh, when I was younger, I actually used to box. Uh, not so much. Around when I was 15, I picked up the gloves, and, you know, I used to watch a lot of boxing growing up, Did too. you have someone that you watched? Miguel Cotto growing up, uh, Mayweather growing up, uh, Zab Judah growing up. There was a lot of boxers I used to watch growing up. Boxing wasn't big when I was 15, you know? I mean, they had a few fighters, but it just wasn't big how it is now. And now I see how it is, and there's fighters, a lot of fighters coming out of screen, and good fighters at that. So I, and I decided I want to be one of those good fighters. You are going to be doing this for the very first time. Yes. You're not only physically, but you're going to be mentally prepared to walk into that ring. Yeah. Uh, uh, every day it's go over it in my head again and again, because I used to be one of those people who, who buy a ticket to go sit at the Hilton and watch other people fight. So now it's people buying tickets to watch me fight. It's an amazing feeling. At the same time, I still get, I have the jitters, you know? I just got the chills. Yeah. I'm, it's wow. It's big for me because it's going to be a lot of people, you know, a lot of people there. And April 11th, if they don't have their ticket, they, they they better come get it. All right. Well, let's get RJ back in here. We can't we can't do it with uh, showing your prowess in the boxing ring. Right. So your voice is going to have to get them out. Absolutely. April 11th, this is going to be an action-packed card. Seven amateurs, all local guys that you know. Um, seven between five and seven pros. Not too sure just yet. It's gonna be action packed night of boxing. A lot of local guys. General seating starts at forty bucks. Ringside is seventy five. Sixty for the row right behind. Fifty for the row behind that. You said the Hilton. Yep. The Where Hilton. in the Hilton? Couple of rooms. A ballroom. Are they? They're gonna empty out the ballroom. <laughs> yeah, it's a ballroom show. Um, it's amazing. I fought there myself three times. So we sold out over. I think twelve or thirteen hundred people were there. <laughs> yeah, I'm on a different side of the ropes now. 
So, I mean, I've, I spent my whole life, I dedicated my life to the sport, and now I'm just so happy that I can see somebody else live their dream. You mentioned a couple of times now that there are others locally. Mm-hmm. Do you have some areas that they're from that people might know? One, Nick Nalachi, he's a high school student from Old Forge. Amazing. He fights like Mike Tyson. He reminds me, he resembles him and everything in his boxing style. Um, it's a father-son duo with the, those two of those guys. We have uh, Nelson Morales is a professional boxer out of Dunmore. He's actually a Dunmore police officer. Yeah, so he's really good. Ira Miller, he's a heavyweight out of Scranton. We also have um, Rocco Cadaro from Scranton as well. Mark Mashura from Scranton slash Dixon City area. He's actually an instructor in the gym as well, Signature Boxing in Scranton. That's 1512 Albright Avenue in Scranton, Signature Boxing. Kyle Gillette, can't forget to mention him. He's another undefeated guy. He's been in MMA. He's converted to boxing full-time now, and he's uh, he's a knockout artist. Where's he from? He's from Scranton as well. From Scranton. Did yeah. I hear Hazleton? There's no. somebody from Hazleton? Oh, you know what? Uh, yeah. One of the professionals on the card, his name is Adrian. Adrian's <laughs> a heck of a guy. Heck of a guy. He's tough. Now I'm intrigued. Yeah, you and should definitely I be there. I never mm-hmm. would have thought that right. I'd be intrigued. Saturday, April 11th at the Hilton downtown Scranton. Uh, and that's Adrian Diaz, by the way, too. So he'll be one of the professionals on the card. He's having his pro debut later this month. And this will be his second fight. Where so can he, we get tickets? We can get tickets for myself, RJ Sockwell, on Facebook. Um, you can follow me on Instagram and, and contact me for tickets. Also, Anthony. And the head promoter, his name is Chris Coyne of Northeast Boxing Promotions. You can contact him as well on the social medias. Tickets are available. They're going fast. Building strengths of different kinds. Thanks to Robert R.J. Sockwell, trainer and co-promoter of the upcoming event, and Anthony Espiritu, who will be making his boxing debut April 11th at the Hilton in downtown Scranton on a full boxing card for that evening. And as they've said, tickets are going fast. When we come back, we're going to meet John Cosgrove. He is with All One Foundation and Charities. You may not have heard of them, but they are doing a lot of things right here in Northeast Pennsylvania. Don't go away. Welcome back to Special Edition. I'm Paula Degnan. Now we'll meet John Cosgrove. He's the Executive Director, All One Foundation and Charities. You may not know a lot about them, but when you hear what they do, you'll be able to say, ah, now I know. John Cosgrove, welcome. Nice to have you here. It's nice to be here. Thanks very much. Give us an introduction to the All One Foundation. Sure thing. So All One Foundation and Charities has been around now for about five years here in northeastern and north central Pennsylvania, and we are a philanthropic grant-making entity which specializes in health care grants to nonprofit organizations. And our mission is to measurably improve the health and welfare of the people of northeastern and north central Pennsylvania and a 13-county footprint. Wow, that's mm-hmm. a big area. It really and is. And a lot yeah. of variations of different things. For sure. And just the footprint itself, it's we've got major metropolitan areas. We've got really very deeply rural communities that we serve and just about everything in between. Mm-hmm. So how do you go about doing that do, to decide who needs what where? Well, it's it's a very difficult process because there's no doubt that the needs are great in our uh, in our community and all throughout all of those diverse 
uh, regional communities. So we really are kind of a frontline philanthropic entity, which means we um, keep our finger on the pulse of who's doing what in those uh, healthcare uh, spaces. For instance, we work um, a, a great deal in the autism services community. We work in behavioral health and mental health uh, area. We work in food security. We work in the um, opioid solution space. And how we do it is we keep in touch with uh, nonprofit organizations, large and small, who are working in those spaces every day. So when you say philanthropic, mm-hmm. exactly what does that mean in terms of the organization? Sure. So there's um, we're, we're a private foundation, which means that when we were created, we were very well resourced. Um, uh, about five years ago, we were created. Highmark Insurance came into our market, had strategic discussions with Blue Cross Blue Shield, which resulted in a major uh, financial transaction, really hundreds of millions of dollars. And rather than have all of those resources um, leave our, our, uh, our region, because Highmark is a Pittsburgh-based company, the local leaders work very, very hard to keep really a significant percentage of those resources here and created this private foundation and this public charity so that the dollars would be distributed through a grant process, through partnerships, through collaborative means to get those dollars to where they'll do the most good. So how would someone recognize All for One Mm -hmm. is involved in where they are? Well, it's funny because um, we're we're, uh, not really a um, high-profile foundation. No big building. No big building anywhere, no. We work a much more efficiently through what we call collaborative philanthropy. So we're very happy to, to take the lead on convening our fellow foundations, on convening um, nonprofit organizations, on convening um, really the best and the brightest people working in a particular healthcare space and, and getting the most impact that we can by that kind of collective model of doing things. So for instance, in the autism services uh, world, there's absolutely no doubt that um, the autism spe- spectrum disorder um, affects really every corner of our community and our region. So there's really, really good, smart people working uh, in that space. Everyone from Geisinger Autism Development Medical Institute, which is of course a huge, huge healthcare provider, to smaller frontline organizations like the Wyoming Valley Children's Association, which is a very small um, provider right in Fort. We convened uh, a partnership. It's now 13 agencies all working together to measurably improve how folks access autism services. So it's while All One Foundation took the lead on it and in fact, all collectively together from a financial standpoint, it's a program that's about seven, a little north of $7 million. But it's us, All One Foundation, it's the Geisinger Foundation, Highmark Foundation, the Harry and Jeanette Weinberg Foundation, and the list goes on and on. They're big. They're big. And yeah. we have them, what we've done is in that collaborative philanthropy model, we bring all of those folks 
the financial folks and the providers to the table. And then, um, and then they all work together. And when, when we work together, uh, the impact is so much greater. So it's almost as though you're making it streamlined mm-hmm. so that if someone does need autism services, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily one umbrella, but mm-hmm. it's still everybody working together. It is. And that's just the best way to get things done. For instance, in that space, which can really be heartbreaking sometimes, you have a young family, for instance, that uh, their child gets a, uh, a diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder. They literally don't know where to go. Now, we're very fortunate in Northeastern and North Central Pennsylvania because we've got really great providers of these services. But uh, a young parent is six, seven, eight referrals. What we try to do is get all of those folks working together so that if one organization can't help, they can refer to the 10, 11, 12 other um, organizations that we work with. Takes so really, the stress away. It does. It does. And, and, and we've been at that, just in that particular lane in autism services, We've been working at that about a year and a half, two years now, and um, there's really measurable improvement in how uh, folks are accessing autism services. So we do that. That's our collective philanthropy model. And um, we do that also in um, behavioral health and mental health. Uh, we do it in, um, in the opioid solutions Let's talk uh, about that because sure. that, that just recently came to the forefront. You it received did. a grant? It did. Well, what happened is that we, we did, we followed our model. We followed our regular model, which was to, to make it known to the nonprofit organizations uh, working in, in, the, in the opioid space. And, and let's face it, it's really, it's a terrible, terrible uh, crisis that is facing certainly the United States, but here in northeastern and north central Pennsylvania, it's particularly bad. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I don't want to sugarcoat it, but it is particularly bad. We've, uh, we participated for almost two full years in town hall meeting after town hall meeting, talking to the experts uh, in, in, every, um, in every size and shape. And what we concluded was that we're not going to be able to have a measurable impact in this area unless we do, as you said before, we streamline it. Where are the areas that we can actually make a measurable difference? So these experts told us uh, four areas in particular that we could have an impact, and that is in helping uh, pregnant women uh, and their infants born with uh, neonatal abstinence syndrome. So we could do something measurable about that. Helping folks that are um, in the court system, drug treatment courts have shown really remarkable a success in um, helping folks recover and sustain their recovery. So we decided we would do uh, create a partnership around uh, drug treatment courts, a really significant way to improve access to care. So when folks that are um, experiencing this um, substance abuse and they're ready for treatment, we didn't want we wanted to make sure that they could actually access that treatment mm. when they were ready. And finally, a pretty significant education and prevention program working with um, Luzerne County Community College. So collectively, those experts told us we could really have a measurable impact 
um, in opioid solutions if we all work together. So we brought other funders to the table. We brought lots of other partners to the table and we funded this opioid solutions program. Again, a program that's uh, collectively, it's north of about $5 million. Initial investment, knowing wow. that we have lots more to, to do. But we're working with the Northeast Pennsylvania Healthcare Foundation, with the McGowan Charitable Trust, with the Scranton Area Community Foundation, uh, Moses Taylor Foundation, um, Geisinger Foundation, Highmark Foundation, they're all around the table helping us to get the resources into the hands of these opioid uh, solutions providers so that we can actually make a difference. So the- if someone was hearing this and they're saying, wow, b- both autism, opioid, and all of these other are available out there, how would someone go about getting involved in any of this? Because, mm-hmm. again... There's, is there a, a place to start? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is. So our, um, like I said, we're kind of first among equals in the, in the philanthropic world. So we would suggest that anybody that wants to know more about our work, check out our website, which is allonefoundations.org. That's all one foundation with an S, allonefoundations.org. And that's O-N-E. Not just the number That's one. That's right. It's okay. all spelled out. Okay. A-L-L-O-N-E, foundations, with an S, dot O-R-G. And the information on there is not only about our work, but the work that we're doing uh, together with our partners. And if someone, again, since it is a philanthropic association, philanthropic mm-hmm. group, mm-hmm. are you also looking for people to donate? We are. I, on the All One Charities side, so All One Charities is a public charity that was, we're, it's a very, very unique setup in that we're both a private foundation and a public charity. So on the private foundation side is where we can, we have the resources to bring to the people to the table and we can make pretty significant um, grants uh, in sizes. Our largest grant to date is a $2 million five-year grant, individual grant uh, on the foundation side. On the All One Charities side, that's where we could help out frontline nonprofit organizations that just need a little extra um, resources to maybe expand a program or to sustain a program. Um, All One Charities and All One Foundations are both available, information on them is both available on that website. If there were a nonprofit or two that were listening and they're saying, well, you know, I could use a little bit of help. Are mm-hmm. there certain criteria that have yeah. to be met? There, there is, and they're all outlined there on the, on the website. But on the All One Foundation site, well, actually, the common thread among everybody that we work with is that they have to be open to that collective impact model, that even though I'm sure uh, that individual organizations are doing uh, incredible, incredible work. We have found that when we work together, um, you have so much more uh, impact. So the very first criteria we look for in our partners is that openness to work and learn and share with other uh, people working in their, in their field. You're not looking at the size Mm-mm, so no. it doesn't matter whether there's a small group or Mm-mm. whether it's a, a a large group. That's right. And that's the beauty of this model, that we are both a private foundation and a public charity. So really, 
the, the leadership that put this vision together really deserves a ton of credit because it's not just one way of achieving this impact. We can pretty much help um, anybody that comes through our door with a really good idea to measurably improve the health and welfare of, of our friends and neighbors. I think it's so interesting that, again, you have such a large footprint, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you're not here or you're not there. You're everywhere. (laughs) Yes, it does does seem that way, but it's our partnership. It's our network of partners that we put uh, together and that we fund and that we work with and that we learn from. It's that uh, really impressive network of partners that kind of covers every corner of our our 13 counties. And we're growing. I mean, we've only been around We've only been an active grant maker for just about four of the five years that we were, that we've been around. And in that time, um, we have granted and distributed uh, 16.4 million dollars in in grants to 104 organizations of every shape and size. And once again, people mm-hmm. who are listening to hear this today, mm-hmm. who may have been involved may not have known that All for One mm-hmm. was even a part of that. That's right, yep. We're all one. That's, uh, uh, that's, our, that's our name, and that's what we strive to do, is to kind of create this network of, um, of, uh, of people that are getting things done. They're, they're getting things done. So, w- again, the, the, the partnerships that we've put together it is really, again, the, the beauty of, uh, of our existence. Um, our leaders said to us and say to us all the time, we're not the experts <laughs> in these areas, but we have such um, really good, smart, focused uh, people working in these spaces, and they just, need, um, they just need some resources every once in a while to make their work better. And that's our, that's our job, really, is to convene folks get them around the table, and uh, see what we can do together. We've talked about a lot of things, and it was nice to have you as an introductory, and hopefully that you'll come back again. Is there anything that we may have missed that you want to make sure that our listeners know about All for One? I think that the, the most important thing is the fact that we're here. We're here to help. We're here to listen. Um, we're here to bring to the table uh, the partners that can actually um, get things done and um, and uh, have a measurable impact on helping our our friends and neighbors in in northeastern and north central Pennsylvania. So I think what we we'd really encourage folks to do is to check out the information on the website. If you've got a good idea, we're always always open to hearing how we can help. Don't go away. Casual day next on Special Edition. Welcome back to Special Edition. Now, Amanda Marcajani and Lauren Allen have the details on Casual Day. First of all, tell us about the Northeast Regional Cancer Institute. So we've been around for over 27 years. We are a local nonprofit in the area, and our mission is to ease the burden of cancer in northeastern Pennsylvania. And really, Casual Day speaks to that. Uh, We know that in our area, we have a higher incidence and mortality rate than the national average, uh, specifically related to colon cancer. 
And so this event, this will be our 17th year. Um, it started with a brother and sister duo. And um, I- I'm glad you're excited about Casual Day because I tell everyone in the office that that's my favorite day of the year because the community really does come together um, and shows their support to their coworkers, family and friends that have battled cancer um, and to really support our organization. Um, and I just enjoy seeing everyone in their shirts and their pins and their wristbands uh, supporting us. So, What does Casual stand for? Casual stands for Colon Cancer Awareness Saves Unlimited Adult Lives. Definitely a mouthful, so we keep the acronym. And really, this brother and sister duo, Michael Moran and Mara Stayback, came to the Cancer Institute. Uh, Their mother had been diagnosed with late-stage colon cancer, and she had not had um, a screening done after age 50. And unfortunately, she passed shortly after her diagnosis. So they did not want anyone to go through what they did, so they came to our organization, they came up with this acronym, And really, it's evolved from Michael and Mara being in a kitchen, wrapping ribbons around T-shirts, to now we work with a partner, um, One Point, and they help us distribute T-shirts all across northeastern Pennsylvania. Now, I'm going to bring in Lauren. What is your official title? Uh, Lauren Allen. I'm the Director of Client Community Relations at PNC Bank in Northeast PA. But when you're not there... Uh, I'm fortunate enough this year to be chairing Casual Day. Chairing casual. See, I should have asked you what the acronym casual stands for. (laughs) That would have been the determining factor. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you. As Amanda was telling us, I'm excited about um, casual day because it gets people talking. So what was your involvement in order to get involved with the Northeast Regional Cancer Institute, in particular with casual day? So my personal involvement with the Cancer Institute started um, through PNC. We've been a sponsor of Casual Day for many, many years. Um, Also, many of my family members, friends, and colleagues um, have dealt with colon cancer. Um, So I've seen firsthand the importance of screening. When we talk about Casual Day and we talk about colon cancer, Amanda said 17 years now that this has been going on. Let's take a trip back in time. People didn't talk about colonoscopies or any of those things. Did you find that? So true. Um, Colon and rectal cancer seem to be a little taboo to talk about. Um, That's the importance of raising awareness. Um, We're fortunate to have screening methods for this type of cancers. There's a lot of cancers where there are no screening methods. Um, So it's important to talk about colonoscopies and other screening methods, um, encourage people to to get them. And um, if they do have colon or rectal cancer, it is a highly curable cancer if caught early enough. That's one of those things where a lot of times, and I being the chair of this particular event, have you become the, oh, she's the colonoscopy lady. Here she comes again. Tell me to get a colonoscopy screening. Uh, I think people are open to it. Casual day is such a fun thing. Um, It's a fun way to participate. You can buy the wristband, the pin, uh, short sleeve shirt or long sleeve shirt. Uh, Everybody comes together on that day and it takes that taboo away from it. All right. Well, let's bring Amanda back in here because she also mentioned the 
the ribbons and the shirts. And uh, so what's all this about now? We get tchotchkes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So we've had our long sleeve cotton t-shirt uh, for many, many years. And last year we introduced a short sleeve option for a lot of individuals. We know we have an active community. So the short sleeve shirts are a dry fit shirt. So you can wear it to the gym. It's a nice night shirt. Um, it, it's just another option for people uh, as March is kind of that in-between our are we in winter or are we in spring? <laughs> so you could have your option of, of a short sleeve or long sleeve shirt. The pins we've done historically as well. So it has the blue colon cancer ribbon. It'll say casual, the acronym on it, and then it'll say the year. And then last year, we also introduced the wristbands. They're silicone wristbands. And this year, it has casual on it as well. But this year, it'll be filled in with white. So you could actually see the words casual on it. And that kind of opens up, again, what Lauren was talking about. The whole point of this is really to have that casual conversation with your family and friends about the importance of early detection and screening. And the thing you mentioned, too, was the blue pin. But the shirts aren't blue this year. They are not. So the last couple of years, we have had a community online vote. Uh, people get very excited about the color. Uh, so this year, our color is Texas orange. So it's kind of a fall color, but um, I'm really excited to see our, our actual casual day logo is a really nice blue color. So I think that'll definitely pop on this shirt. So the blue stays, even though it's going to be with a little bit of a Texas flair. Yes. <laughs> Lauren, tell us about what your involvement is going to be on the actual day. What kind of things do you have coming? When is casual day, too? Great question. Um, casual day is the last Thursday in March. It's March 26th this year. Um, so my hope is obviously in our workplace uh, to be celebrating Casual Day, uh, to visit some other workplaces that are participating. Um, photos can come in also to the Cancer Institute. Amanda will be happy to share them um, and just promote and celebrate the awareness of that casual conversation that day. Are you going to be doing anything to bring people together? Oh, Amanda says, yes, we are, yes. and pushes Lauren out of the way. <laughs> yes, we typically have a wrap-up party. Um, I believe our location this year is Cooper's in Scranton. And really, it, it kind of just brings people together on that day to, to celebrate all of the awareness that they've raised, uh, the shirts that they've sold, and to just kind of network with other people in businesses that participate in Casual Day. So it's, it's after work hours. It's usually between 5 and 7 p.m., at a, a, a local restaurant um, to just bring people together and kind of celebrate that whole day. It's a little anticlimactic when you're when you're in your workplace. I, I was telling Lauren earlier that I get the pleasure of getting all of the photos and posting them online and really connecting to all, a lot of these team captains from about February until casual day. So I'm just happy that they individuals can come out to this event and network with other people and really just continue to spread that awareness beyond casual day. And when we're talking about team captains, is this something that if people are hearing this and they're saying, you know, in honor of someone or because of what someone has told me, we want to get involved. Do they get in touch with you? Do they get in touch with Lauren? They they get in touch with the Cancer Institute. So we will start our team captain registration begins early in February. And that's anyone that wants to participate. It doesn't necessarily, like you're saying, have to be an organization. It could be a group of friends that want to create this team. And really that team captain just helps to advocate 
about the event to help sell the t-shirts, pins, and wristbands, and to really collect the the funds after. Um, so anyone that wants to get involved can contact the Cancer Institute, and we can get them registered and give them all of the materials that they need. And speaking of materials, does that include pamphlets and things that you can bring with you to your workplace? We do have some flyers and definitely information about colon cancer. In all of our t-shirts, pins, and wristbands, we have information about symptoms and risk factors. So the pins are designed, there's five actual cards in there. So it's designed that you keep one and then you share that information with five of your friends to further that conversation. Oh, well, Lauren, I think you have your work cut out for you here. What do you want the folks who are listening to know about Casual Day in particular, your part in all of this? Um, I'm actually part of two teams, my work team and also a friend team this year. Um, we're, we're doing a friend team um, in honor of one of our, our younger friends who is currently undergoing treatment. Early screening was definitely the factor for her uh, to be on the road to recovery. So um, just from my, again, my personal and professional involvement, I'd like to share with everybody really the importance of screening. Um, A colonoscopy is not anything to be afraid of. Um, We're fortunate, again, that we do have methods like that that can can, uh, catch this type of cancer early on. Um, So please consider participating in Casual Day. You can go to the website of the Northeast. Regional Cancer Institute for more information. Um, in addition to direct ordering online, there's other retail outlets in our community that are that help sell the shirts. Um, even individuals can take part um, if they're not part of a team. Um, uh, the more the merrier, the better awareness. Um, it'll help um, raise the um, the um, incidence of cancer survival in our area, and that's an important thing. When people ask you, do you tell them about your colonoscopy? Um, Certainly. I actually had my first colonoscopy about a year ago. Uh, It it really was nothing to be afraid of. I I would go ahead and do it again tomorrow if I had to. And you get that great nap. (laughs) <laughs> That's my favorite part. <laughs> we have great health care systems in our community. Um, they take good care of you. Uh, really, there's, there's nothing to be afraid of. I, I must say, it, when you were approached to be the chairperson this year, because you've been involved in years past through PNC and probably just from, you know, hearing about it, what was your reaction? Uh, it really was an honor. Um, my first thought is the Northeast Regional Cancer Institute has done such a great job with this project for the past 17 years, uh, thanks to the community support. So it was easy to say yes. Well, there you go. I think she's going to say yes maybe <laughs> maybe next year as well. Amanda, give us uh, again the rundown of if anyone would like to, as Lauren mentioned, get involved and maybe start sell some of the shirts or and where do all the proceeds go so all the proceeds stay right here in northeastern pennsylvania it helps us with colorectal education awareness um, and information to the community so if anyone's interested they can go on our website it's cancernepa.org they can call our office which is 570-941-7984 and i'm happy to have a conversation with anyone and as lauren mentioned So we do have a deadline for online ordering, which is March 11th. 
And after that date, those are really um, the retail locations help us so that if individuals find out late about this event, they can go to uh, Garrity's, they can go to some of the local pharmacies in the area. We'll have a list on our website as well of those retail locations. But we try to have uh, a retail location in the the counties that we serve. So we serve um, roughly seven to ten counties in in northeastern Pennsylvania. Um, So anyone really can get involved. It's easy for the wristband and the pins, it's a $5 donation, and the shirts, it's a $20 donation. So, um, And also, some of the businesses in the area, they do their own dress-down days for employees. Individuals do bake sales. So you can kind of have some non-traditional ways if you want to support the event, um, if you're not interested in the traditional ways through the shirts, the pins, and the wristbands. And what's the yeah. date for the official? Yes, casual day is Thursday, March 26th. So even if you um, have your regular monthly meeting on the Monday before or something, you can go ahead and get everybody together that day. Yes, absolutely. Oftentimes that happens in in organizations that they they have a big meeting on that Thursday so they can really customize it. We really just want everyone to raise the awareness and have those conversations. So we're just happy that we have our sponsors and the community support through our team captains that really drive this um, and our partner one point that we wouldn't really be able to do the delivery part of it um, and online ordering without them. And I know we're talking the um, colon cancer, we're talking casual day, but do you have anything other that you have coming up in the near future that maybe you want to give us a heads up on? Now this, because this is going to be the end of March, but we're already into April, we're into the springtime. It is. Um I mean, our other big event is usually in the fall, which that's our Cancer Survivors Day. That's our other uh, event for anyone that's been affected by a cancer diagnosis. So roughly in the summer, that's when we are reaching out to individuals to kind of get involved with that. And then we also work with some volunteer committees. Uh, there's a, usually a 5K. The Dury Dust Committee does that in June. And then our Spirit of Hope celebration is in the fall. So that's another organization, the Board of Ambassadors, that puts that on. Um, and that's more of a gala-style event. So um, so people just yeah. have to get in touch with you. Yes. And maybe they have an idea for something. That would be wonderful. That they would like to come to get in. Lauren, give us that chairperson pitch to get everybody involved in this. Casual Day is such a fun way to raise awareness for screening for colon and rectal cancer. It's Thursday, March 26th. Um, Easy to get involved. Go to the Northeast Regional Cancer Institute website or call them. Um, Teams and individuals, we welcome everybody. A big shout out and thank you to all of the sponsors, to the workplaces that allow this to happen, um, and also to our media partners. Paula, thanks so much for having us here today. Absolutely. Colon cancer is probably one of my biggest causes. Got my mom. She was diagnosed in 1985, but they told her you had probably six months. 1997. So that's a testament to not only the great medical care that she had, but also the fact that now's the time to be able to start that because then you didn't say colonoscopy or anything to that effect. So ladies, good luck. Thank Thank you. you. 
Thanks again to Amanda and Lauren for joining us to give us the details about the 17th annual Casual Day with the Northeast Regional Cancer Institute. And a reminder, you can find out more by visiting them on the web at cancernepa.org or give them a call, 570-941-7984. Casual Day, mark the calendar, Thursday, March 26th. And if you go to their website, you can also see the shirt that they were talking about which will be this year's shirt for the 17th annual Casual Day. Thanks for listening to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories, a production of Intercom Communications. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 